Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. And Jay Hugh. Here to do a August movie news roundup. Uh, it's pretty DC heavy this month. There's a few other things there, but one thing we wanted to start off with is former phony, still current phony, if he ever decided to come back. Ian's getting married. Woo! Congratulations, Ian. He's been off the podcast finding love. Congratulations to Ian. Good for him. Long-time listener. He's marrying a long-time listener of the Indeed. podcast, too. <laughs> so, so, Ian and Susie, congratulations. We're very happy for you. And, uh, you know, we'll be looking for that invite one day to have a, a real phonies cast at your wedding. Instead of a band, you, we could just do a real wow. episode. We could just do God. an episode. That like I know you're kidding, but that like you just sparked the saddest image in my mind, like that I could possibly imagine. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, well, that made, that, are... made, that made me embarrassed just thinking about it. <laughs> if they are looking for uh, musical ideas, I've always wanted to start a late '90s, early 2000s wedding cover band. I know we've talked about this before. I, I was about to say we could probably just be their band. Uh-huh. We, yeah, we, that would uh, be fun. I don't know how solid any of us are on vocals. We might have to get a vocalist, but otherwise I think we can handle it. Real in the phonies. Yeah. (laughs) Turning to a more somber note. Unfortunately, the world lost a awesome talent in Chadwick Boseman this past week. I mean, unless you lived under a rock, you probably haven't heard. 43 years old, I think. 44 maybe. Died of colon cancer. Uh, No one knew. No one knew. A miraculous thing in the world today. Yeah, what I mean, like, thoughts it was, and feelings. It was it was so shocking. I think to literally everybody. Uh, shout out to to Ian who who was the first one to text out to us. And uh, you know, I love the guy, but he is notoriously uh, susceptible to uh, to some fake news articles because he just sees them and gets real excited and sends them to us. So I was like, God damn it, Ian, this is absolutely going to be horseshit. There's no way this could just randomly happen. Uh, but apparently he's been, had colon cancer for like four years and this shit's been like under, like way under wraps. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just can't think of anything that could be a bigger bummer in a pop culture sense right now. For like, sure. Just, it was, uh, it was just uh, uh, a gut punch to hear. And not, not like, not like the black community needed any more gut punches this year. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, of course, the, that that guy is special to this concept uh, podcast because that's the movie you guys started the show with. Is the first correct. episode yeah. of Black Panther correct? Yep. So, you know, but uh, it's also that, it's also the movie that has approximately occupied about thirty three percent of Ian's life at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's Ian's favorite movie ever. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy was a really cool talent, and that was just such a beyond just being a good fun movie that was a really cool moment just within in the country and in the culture not just pop culture uh you know uh when when that movie hit so it's it's really a, it's a bummer that guy's gone yeah terribly sad um i put this on my facebook it's uh but it's incredible he's made a whole career of basically playing black icons yeah and uh uh, every one of them are great i i I love the movie 42 and uh i mean kind of like beginning and end of his career i guess but in black panther is just such a cultural powerhouse um it's just yeah it's just terribly sad uh get your colons checked people apparently no kidding yeah yeah i it's hard to articulate much about it except that it's just really really 
really sad. You know, usually when stuff like this happens, it makes you want to, you know, watch something or listen to the talent that's gone. But, you know, like me and Sarah were both like, man, I don't even feel like putting on Black Panther or anything. It's just it's just too much of a bummer to deal with right now. Yeah, I couldn't finish it, man. I tried, mm. and I got to the part where he's talking to his dad in the spirit world, and then mm. I was like, I can't do this. Oh, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I would say probably there's not enough of community feelings in the world today. We're all very kind of tribal and divided. It's been nice for there to be some unity in, even it, even if it's sadness. Like, you know, I think sad things can bring people together, and I think that's been true when Kobe died, and I think it's true now. Um with Chadwick's passing that people see that, you know, we share the hurt. And that's, Mm. I think a nice attribute of this really sad thing. The last time something happy made us all feel connected was like Pokemon go. And that was four years ago. So (laughs) I mean, it might've been Black Panther. You're right. You know what? Could have been Black Panther. (laughs) I mean, I know that, you know, living out in Milton, you know, there's anytime you're talking to a neighbor, there's just the constant threat that they're going to say something horrible, something terrible and something racist. And, uh, and I have, I have a specific neighbor that I was worried about running into after black Panther because of that. But when I talked to him, he fucking loved black Panther. He was super excited about it. He still found a way to find some, say something a little racist about it, but it was like the best he was ever going to get. So yeah, it, it was a unifying moment. Thanks Chadwick. Uh, moving to something we hit on a little bit last week, but I think there was a lot of news and we probably all want to go in a little bit more detail to DC fandom, which was this weird online con thing instead of like hall H at San Diego comic-con, it was DC just feeding all the news directly to the consumer. Um, like I said last week, I actually watched it and it wasn't half bad. If that was the format in the future, I wouldn't complain mostly because I'm never going to go to SDCC. I mean, look, right. it's honestly not a bad idea any year, but it was a particularly, uh, I think, a clever choice for, for this year when the uh, production costs necessary to have so, you know, kind of a, a broadcast of this nature to all of your fans is really low comparatively to having you know, to do like an actual physical convention kind of thing. You know, why not do this kind of thing? Yeah. It made a ton of sense. I'm surprised that Marvel hasn't in- immediately announced their own thing in response to it. I know. It's <laughs> right, actually, right. This might be the first time in literally like whew, many years that DC might have done something right first. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a really good point. So I have a list of uh, things that were discussed. Do we want to talk about the video game stuff or not? I, I wouldn't mind talking about the video game stuff just because there, uh, there was some of it that seemed like it would be fun to rag on. So first is, I don't even remember the name, not the Arkham Trilogy sequel, but somehow still about all those Arkham characters, the new Batman game where Batman's not in it. (laughs) Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. There we go. And uh, you can play as Red Hood, Robin, Batwoman, and Nightwing. Yep. This looks super boring to me. I wasn't interested in it at all. I, I, I can tell you right now, this is not for us. This is for people who are super into cosplay. Cosplay people <laughs> fucking love the Red Hood. I don't know why, but they fucking love him. It's the leather know, jacket, obviously. <laughs> I think just I, I think it's just because it's a kind of easy costume to make is why they like it. But um, 
but yeah, I, you know, those, those guys are going to love that. And I hope they have a good time. Yeah. I'm just curious. I, I, you know, they showed some gameplay stuff in in the trailer. I just don't really understand like the style of the game. I guess, I don't know. Is it going to be like one of the, one of the Arkham games or is it just like a beat em up or like, what is the deal? So it definitely looks like it's molded after and it's made by WB Montreal, which made a unofficial prequel to the Arkham games, Arkham origins. Yeah. Um, Which had a great trailer. Yeah, real good trailer. Okay game. Mm-hmm. Um, not as good as the other three. Mm. Uh, I, what's interesting to me about this one is that you can choose your lineup. So if you just want like four Batgirls, you can. Um, I, I, I don't know. This game just doesn't... I didn't even finish Arkham Knight. Like that, The whole Batman video game thing is done for me. Mm. If if it turned out that it was just like a double dragon style beat 'em up, then I'd get on board. I'd be like, yeah, I'll I'll do that. But you know, I, I'm sure it's going to be you know find a million question marks or whatever bullshit, and I'm I'm not there for that. Yeah, it's Court of Owls, so I don't think it's a true beat 'em up. I do think it's yeah. kind of like a mystery thing. Um, the I, other I've realized that I don't like beat 'em up games in 3D. I only like them in like side scrolling. Oh yeah, that's mostly way 2D. Better. Yeah, I mean that is true. That is true. They're way better in 2D. Yeah. The other big video game announcement was Rocksteady, which did make the Arkham games, mm-hmm. is make releasing Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League. Yep. Um, which we had a trailer for that. It has Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King Shark, and Captain Boomerang, if yep. I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, fighting a Brainiac-controlled Justice League. Uh, this will not release until 2022. It's on the next-gen platforms. This trailer was cool. It is, it's a really great trailer. Only thing I didn't like about the trailer is that, you know, when it gets to the point where they reveal, oh, Superman's a murdery bad guy, it, it's, it's sort of presented like it's supposed to blow our mind, and it's like, when's the last time they haven't made a video game where Superman's a murdery bad guy? That's true. That's yeah. the only thing they do. That is the whole plot of the Injustice series. It is. Yeah. I do like it from this in the sense that I feel like that that moment at the end of the trailer really sets how kind of dumb this <laughs> this pitting these two forces against each other is because like, you know, by themselves, Superman versus any individual or all of the the suicide squad that we saw there doesn't seem like much of a challenge. Right. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the idea that they're just like scrappy and wholly deeply outmatched and they're still like, ah, fuck it. You know, right. Either this yeah. or my head explodes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good point. I hope the roster expands. Yeah. Uh, I hope so too. Not that I think those four characters are fun characters to include. I just, I'd like to see more, hmm. um, but then moving on to, I'm not going to talk about the CW shit. So, uh, yeah. Movies. The least interesting thing, Shazam 2 has a name now. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. It's a good name. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, it. that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Do we know what, anything about what it's going to be about? Nothing. Okay. We, they announced nothing else about it. It's, 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 it. That is a separate movie from the Black Adam movie that we'll talk about in like two seconds. That's a great transition. Black <laughs> Adam. It's finally <laughs> happening. Still, I mean, again, still maybe, yes. We still have. There's no fucking. No one's filming. There's no footage. They had. There's not even really a cast. They had some animated bullshit. It's just the rock. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm just wondering if Wonder well if if Warner Brothers is paying him specifically to not make a Marvel movie at this point. It's like, man, we don't got anything for him. But if we just keep uh, keep him on the payroll, 
for 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 Black Adam, then you know at least he's not making a Namor movie. That's a yep. pretty that's a pretty good conspiracy theory, Hurt. I dig that. I believe it. Uh, I guess the only thing, and we kind of knew this already: Hawkman, Doctor Fate, and someone else. I'm drawing a blank. It's going to be in it. I think it's Adam Smasher. Adam Smasher. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, Noah Centineo is playing Adam Smasher. So we did. There is one other cast member. I suppose mm-hmm. I'm excited for this movie because I'd like to see Doctor Fate and Hawkman in live action. Yeah. Um, but that's about the only thing that really gets me pumped. I feel like Hawkman, and I don't really. I haven't again. I haven't read shit about this, so I don't know anything about it. I don't know if it's supposed to be like you know both past and present because the whole thing about Black Adam is that he was the ruler of this, you know, semi-Egyptian nation thousands of years ago and was trapped or whatever the fucking bullshit and then re-emerges in the modern day with the powers of Shazam, but, you know, also with kind of a darkness inside of him. But, like, you know, I get Hawkman. Hawkman has that connection uh, right. with also that Egyptian heritage thing. Dr. Fate is an immortal creature in a helmet. How does Adam Smatcher tie in? I don't really know how Adam Smasher ties in because, yeah, those other two, like, there's lots of comic stories where those characters have met in the past and right. stuff like that. But, um, but Adam Smasher, the only thing he ties into is both of those characters were in the Justice Society and Black Adam was in the modern version of the Justice Society with Adam Smasher. But I don't, I seriously don't feel like we're doing that in this movie, so I don't know what the connection is. Yeah, I'm, my prediction is that they are involved in maybe his imprisonment originally, and whenever it takes place in the present day, uh, I don't believe Black Adam is the villain of this movie. I think there is a separate villain, and I think by the end of it, he probably teams up with the Justice Society to stop whomever that is. Um, I'm going to go ahead and predict that this movie is going to be awful. Even though there's nothing out there about it, I, I'm predicting it's going to be a bad movie. I agree. I'm just like I'm. I generally like I don't. I don't need another antihero in my life. I could go another twenty years until the right. antihero thing reemerges. Right. Uh, and I just feel like the Rock's image is way too tied to like being the good guy to actually make a compelling, interesting antihero. Right. Uh, so like on two fronts, this is uninteresting to me. Uh, but you know, I'm sure he'll look great in the costume because he is a real life superhero. Uh, I think he just. Wise. I think he just wanted a franchise. Like he's all about the franchise. Yeah. And originally I think he was just going to be the villain in Shazam or Shazam too. And he just did reviews to accept that. Like Jay, Hugh said, if you don't want me making a Marvel movie, you're going to make me an anti-hero. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they, they went with. And I'm not really excited to see it, but uh, what's next? The flash. Not all that interesting. We <laughs> saw a new suit, and we know there are two Batman in it. I mean, the two Batmans is interesting. That part is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see both of those guys return to the Cape and Cowl more than I'm excited to see Ezra Miller be the Flash again. <laughs> I, I just can't believe Flashpoint that is just the most mediocre of, of, of comic book stories. It might be the Transformers of comic book stories. <laughs> uh, uh, is is on its like what fourth adaptation now seemingly like, yeah like it's it's been ad- adapted in a tv show it's been ad- adapted in in a, a direct video movie and now it's getting a real movie i just don't understand why this is a well they keep going to. right i i haven't figured out like is it is it 
a, a DC not knowing what they're doing thing, or is it like a demand thing? Do people really love Flashpoint? Because I don't really love Flashpoint. I, I don't really think anyone really loves it that much. I mean, at this point, I think everybody thinks the New 52 was a mistake, and it was literally just a thing to launch the New 52. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I do think, I don't know if this is going to be as direct adaptation of Flashpoint as uh, maybe the name implies. Um, I do think that DC recognizes kind of like what we've talked about prior, that they, they can't make the cinematic universe thing work. So they just want to make their own shit. And this is a way for them to introduce the multiverse. Right. And so instead of like, you know, oh, we've branched off into a new timeline. It's just going to be, there've always been these timelines. They always exist. There are nine Batman. Suck it. <laughs> I, I'm already, here's my prediction for this movie. There will be a CGI Christopher Reeves in it and it will be awful. Mm. Oh God, I hope not. That's a bad decision. Uh, but I, I, that that's why I think they'll do it. Especially when you have an alive Brandon Ralph. Just, it's the right. same thing. Sitting right there. <laughs> yeah. This was just a very minimal thing. DC's bringing back a bunch of uh, black lead comic lines and dropped in the middle of that static shock movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is exciting news. I mean, bringing back the whole milestone universe is, is a good idea, but a, uh, a static shock movie is great. Yeah. I think Joseph, you pitched this on our DC pitches. I did. It's it's a property well worth mining. It again, it's, 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 I think the correct property for the correct time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I like this choice. I wish we knew more about it. it yeah, we still don't seemed... even know if it was live action or animated, correct? Correct. Yeah, there okay. was no, no detail. It was just like mentioned like offhand. And literally, they literally wrote it on the back of a napkin before they went on stage. They <laughs> were like, oh, yeah, all right. Static shock movie. All right. Uh, getting to the better stuff. Uh, I'm going to skip the Batman trailer because we kind of talked about that last week. Yeah. Can we yeah. skip the Snyder I... Cut also? <laughs> Not talking about the Snyder Cut as well. Fuck yeah. Snyder Cut as well. Mm. Uh, so that really just leaves Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. We saw Cheetah for the first time. I was, I, I, for like three fourths of the trailer, I thought, oh, they're really scared to go all the way Cheetah because cats came out like a year and a half ago. <laughs> uh, but it turns out I was wrong. They went full cats. And you know what? I, I prefer that. I think that's the right choice. Yeah. yeah I do too. This trailer was fine. I'm not really excited for this movie. I think if Chris Pine weren't in it, I'd be more excited. I just want I to, what is, go what ahead. is he? How is he back? <laughs> Somebody explain that to me. I mean, I'm, I'm almost positive that, that Maxwell Lord's going to have some sort of wish fulfillment power and he's not really back. Like Wonder Woman's victory will somehow negate his existence. It'll be very tragic. Ah, I see. It, whatever brought him back will be the same thing that gives Cheetah her powers. Right. It's a yeah, big blue um, light in the sky. I've said this many times before, and I've said it again. I think this movie is going to be a lot better than the first one, and I don't think it will do as well. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Wiig does look pretty good in it. Yeah. She does. She looks cool, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I like the cast. I like the visual aesthetic in general. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if the third act is just a CGI fuckfest. I have no idea. Uh, well, I'm wondering if since the up to now they've gotten so much shit about the end of all their movies as a big gray man, they're just like we're <laughs> gonna put every color on earth in the yeah, end yeah, of yeah. this movie. Yeah, that's a good point. And finally, we got the full reveal for the Suicide Squad, which I'm gonna bring up 
unless you guys have it written down. I don't. Who all these people are playing? So, so yeah. just just for recap on I, this, the you know the original Suicide Squad, however many years ago that was, uh, I mean, it was real popular with folks who love Hot Topic. Uh, right. You know, brought in uh, a Will Smith Deadshot who won't be returning, and introduced uh, Margot Robbie Harley Quinn, which will be returning. But that was it was like a financial. I think it made a lot of money, but it was critically really panned. It's not really remembered well. It was directed by David Ayers, I think. Correct. But they have since are kind of trying to soft reboot with some of the same characters this franchise, even though there's only been one movie uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy Helmer James Gunn, who you know is kind of known for taking ragtag groups of uh, obscure heroes or anti-heroes or whatever and making them really fun. Uh, and so far, it looks like he's doing exactly that. Yeah, I really liked this whole panel. I really liked the behind-the-scenes footage they showed. It got me very excited for this movie. I'm super excited about this movie. This I actually might be more excited about this than any un- upcoming comic book movie project. Wow, that is saying something. Yeah. So for cast, we have Idris Elba as Bloodsport, which nobody had pinned. Yep, right. I mean, I think it's just they're taking a name they had in their library. They'll vaguely use his power, and then he'll be dead shot. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. right. For sure. He's yeah. just standing in for Deadshot. Which, I mean, the blood, the blood sport in the comic did have a cool power. He, uh, he could teleport, and he used it to teleport in and out weapons and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, I mean, you could do cool stuff with that visually. Peacemaker, played by John, John Cena. Cena. I fucking love oh. this more than anything. Oh, my God. Does he look so dopey and cool. Uh, uh, and, and I think you've talked about this, Hurt. The, the, the idea of Peacemaker is he's like so committed to the idea of peace that he's willing to kill as many people as necessary and commit as much violence as possible to make it happen. That's 100% true. I mean, it's, it's a really over-the-top idea, and I think John Cena will be great as it. Yeah, agreed. Peter Capaldi playing The Thinker. They didn't spend I mean, a lot of time on this one. Like you didn't, you didn't get a lot of, you got a couple right. shots where he's in it, but they didn't really focus on him. Uh, I think he's going to die. It's probably, yeah. uh, but I don't know anything about this guy. If he has what his powers are, presumptively there's some kind of psionic mentally thingies. He's like Charles Xavier. If he had Cerebro in his brain and he were evil. Hmm. Right. Uh, Polka Dot Man played by David Dasbulchain. I don't know how to say that guy's name. That guy who plays weird looking guys in movies. In a lot of yes. superhero movies. In a lot of superhero movies, yeah. I think this is good casting, and I think it's awesome that they're including this character. Yeah, yeah, totally. Rat Catcher 2, played by Daniela Melchior. I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm butchering these names, y'all. I mean, just the choice to have a two in there is a great choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think, that's, I think that's one of my favorite things about it. It's saying that, hey, this has been going on for a while. This is the second one of these guys. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty into it. Blackguard, played by Pete Davidson. You know, if, I, if, man, if, this... if Pete Davidson makes it to the end of this fucking movie, I will eat my goddamn hat. Oh, he's is is definitely going to die. Does this mean Booster Gold exists in this universe? I really hope it does. If I bo- totally do. What if there's do. a Booster Gold cameo in this? Oh, that would make me beyond happy. <laughs> That's what I thought immediately when they when I saw this reveal, but then I was just surprised that it was Pete Davidson. Savant, played by Michael Rooker. I mean, it's a James Gunn movie, so Michael Rooker's in it. Right. Same thing's true for this next one. King Shark, played by Steve 
AG. I don't know how to say that guy's name. Yeah. Right. He's in every one as well. Mm-hmm. But I will say the King Shark Wave bit, funniest bit of that trailer to me. Isn't there something where he's doing the mocap, but he's not doing the voice? Ooh, I don't know. The I... other opposite way around? I can't remember. No, I, no I, I, I think I heard it that way, which would be weird because he has a cool voice. He's there the voice is... of Mr. Meeseeks. Yes. Mm. There, there is a rumor that Takawatiti is the voice of King Shark in the film. Ah, uh, okay. That's maybe what I'm thinking. That's true. We hadn't seen any of his character in it at all. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Fillion playing TDK. Sure. <laughs> Nathan Fillion also is going to die very early on in this film, oh, or I'll yeah. eat my hat. If he's in five minutes of it, I will be shocked. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, don't, I don't know what this character is, so it seems like something that's built to die. It just seems uh, like something that Nathan Fillion would want for himself. <laughs> right. Uh, Weasel, played by Sean Gunn. Yeah, Sean Gunn, he's in it because he wouldn't work if it weren't for his brother. Gilmore Girls is over. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to wonder, is, is Sean Gunn just David O. Russell, but like, I don't know, more fun so we don't care? <laughs> Isn't it weird that that's it's all, like... It's, it's all the, just the same people. Like Ron Howard's brothers the same way. Like he's just in Ron Howard movies. Mm. Right. Uh, Flula Borg as the Javelin. Now here's my thing. I, I predict all the other people are going to die. There's a part of me that feels like Fulaborg is going to make it to the end of this movie. I hope he does, just to make like a funny joke about unexpectedly surviving. Exactly, right. yeah. Right. I, I, I think if, that's my prediction. If there's one dumb person you don't expect to survive, I think it's going to be Fulaborg. Mongol, played by Mailing Nguyen. I don't know. I don't know how to say her name. Sure. It's not actually Mongol. It's like the female Mongol. Mongal. 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 Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the, yeah. The, this is a super powerful character. It's like she goes toe to toe with Superman. So uh, it, it'll be cool to see what they do with that in this format. And then Soul Saria, played by Alice Braga, who I guess everyone thought was going to be Poison Ivy, and then was not. I, yeah, I yeah. don't know anything about this character. What, what what is her name again? I this one stumped the chef too. Soul Soria. Yeah, I don't know nothing about her. Apparently, is a Justice League reject. Huh. Know nothing about it. But, but I think uh, I think we're also skipping over the uh, the returning cast is uh, oh yeah uh, for, fuck them <laughs> is uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in some new uh, some new digs and uh, and Jai Courtney who I hate in literally everything else except this role uh, <laughs> returning as Captain Boomerang and all I ask like everyone else on the planet is more boomerangs yeah uh, you know I mean. This movie has both dudes that they, that Hollywood keeps trying to make happen. Joel Kinnerman and Oh yeah, I forgot uh, about, I forgot about Joel Kinnerman. And uh and Jai Courtney. But I I think Jai Courtney was good in the last one and I'm making the prediction that Joel Kinnerman will be good in this one. I think uh I I I think in the last one he got the butt end of uh of Will Smith being in the movie. Like what like the um the the dead shot flag like dynamic is they sort of go toe to toe with each other and you know our our side sort of neck and neck all the time and Will Smith wasn't just wasn't going to have that he was going to get all the good lines mm. so so I I think there's a chance Joel Kinnerman gets and his outfit looks cool I He's hope so the... I, I I like that that uh that dynamic because they do that a lot in the uh, in all the animated adaptations they do of the Suicide Squad right right. I will say I, I don't know I don't remember which comedian did the bit about like acceptable racism. I think it was uh, Pete Holmes about right. how like it's okay to do like a really stereotypical Italian accent. 
Uh, right, right. And like that, nobody gets offended by that. But the name Digger Harkness is like fucking borderline. If you can be racist against Australians, <laughs> that shit is like outrageous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, do we want to talk about anything else? That's pretty much it for the, the fandom. I don't think so. Again, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we talked, we touched on Batman last time. Fuck the Snyder Cut and all the people that want it. Uh, <laughs> Didn't we have another meltdown this week about this is a movie for adults? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, I think I, with you guys, I think uh, Suicide Squad is by far the most exciting thing on yeah. here. But I, I just think in general, this was a smart move by DC, even if I feel like a lot of their meaty stuff is still pretty far down the line. Yeah. Got to keep that hype game strong. <laughs> it reminds me of like two or three years ago when Marvel wasn't at San Diego Comic-Con at all. And everyone walked out thinking like, oh man, DC's really got it figured out. I'm really excited for what they got coming on. And then I don't feel like any of that shit actually happened. All that shit's <laughs> right. still on the, we're still looking at it right here. And all this, we just repeated the Black same Adam shit. Was on there. Yeah, I'm just, we just regurgitated all the shit we found out two years ago at San Diego right. Comic-Con. But. Well, shit, you're making me feel less good about it. But <laughs> I mean, I was, I'm still excited by some of these things. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I expect whenever Marvel decides they're going to do something like this, uh, we're going to forget entirely about every single one of these things. Yeah. But yeah, I that, think okay. most, Sorry. mostly with this, I'm excited about Suicide Squad and some of that positivity has, uh, has spilled over into other things undeservedly. <laughs> that is a fair point. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but on that note of, of things that we don't know if will ever come out, I did want to mention because it's been a, a long running bit on our podcast for as long as our podcast has been around that, Fox's reject X-Men movie, The New Mutants, was never going to come out. And surprise, surprise, it came out last week in, like, real theaters. Yeah. Uh, I saw it. I liked it. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, the, the reviews are overwhelmingly negative, but I had a good time in so, it, so did Sarah. Give me, like, two seconds. I'll get you, let you give me your review. Uh, so just historically, this movie finished filming in the middle of 2017, uh, just to be clear. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it was announced a little, you know, mid early 2017 uh, with like one of those super uh, culturally zeitgeisty casts. It had a right. guy from Stranger Things uh, when Stranger Things season two was like building up. Uh, it right. had uh, the girl from Game of Thrones when Game of Thrones was, you know, everyone didn't hate it yet. Right. Uh, and it had Anya Taylor-Joy right on the back of Split when everyone thought, oh, this girl's going to be like the next big thing, which I mean, she still might be. I don't know. Uh, but it was just, it's such like, it, it, it's such a time capsule of like, this is what's hot now, but right. this is what's hot at this very specific time, three years ago, uh, started filming September, 2017 and finished filming October 13th, which totally makes sense. That's the amount of time that you need to film this movie. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was, it was supposed to come out April of 2018 and then it got pushed back to February of 2019 supposedly in order to not conflict with Deadpool but also the rumors were because it was a piece of shit both of the original release dates are missed and then at the beginning of 2019 this past year uh Disney acquired 20th Century Fox who made the New Mutants movie uh and just pretty much stopped all production on all Fox movies that weren't already done even though this one was already done and so this got pushed a whole nother year, uh, which then got pushed again because of COVID. 
so like yeah i mean three whole years of just just i mean it's been it's literally been done filming since october 13th of 2017 and it's coming out in theaters three years later well wasn't part of that timeline in that they did the first cut decided the first cut sucked did a second cut uh, you know, with new footage and stuff like that, decided that that sucked and then uh-huh. went back to the first cut. Am I remembering that right? I don't think they ever got to the second. I heard that they okay. wanted to reshoot the entire film. Uh, and then, but also a big part of it was it didn't align with like Kinberg's vision of the new X-Men franchise post Dark Phoenix or something. Right. Like it was supposed to tie in and I think Storm and Xavier were characters in it and all of that got cut out to just make this like baseline standalone movie. Yeah. Um, well, cause I know they filmed some stuff with John Hamm that is not in this movie at all. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be, you know, we talk about the genre crossovers. This is supposed mm-hmm. to be a superhero horror movie with X-Men who, you know, either have like dangerous or uncontrolled powers or whatever the fuck it is in kind of, it seeming like, like creepy uh, institutional setting. But hurt you. You can speak more to it. How uh, so? You liked it. Well, first of all, I think here is the best way to explain how much of the time has went by since seeing it. In this movie, when you watch it, Arya Stark is clearly still a child, uh-huh. and enough time has passed that we've seen her naked as an adult a year ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's how much time has passed. Like, uh, it's um, but yeah, it's. Uh, you know, I really, I, well, really might be strong, but I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. It was definitely, it had a breakfast club meets the thing meets a teenage superhero movie thing going on. And uh, I was, I, of, I got the vibe. I don't know if you watched the faculty, but I got like the faculty-ish vibes. I mean, it, it had the faculty vibe if there was just one teacher. Mm. And you're and you're not sure who's making the food. That, that's one <laughs> of the things that bugged me about. It. It's like who's making the food for these kids. But um, but uh, yeah, it. Um, uh, I mean, part of why why I might have been a sucker for it is nostalgia. The X Men movies are are pretty hit and miss in how true they are to the original characters. But this was super true to the original characters. Like these were the guys from the early days of the new, new mutants. And, uh, you know, I liked that the stakes were lower. It, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't a MacGuffin at the end that they had to save the world from. They were just trying to get out of this place. Uh, and that's enough uh, sometimes. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool. Uh, so I thought maybe I was just enjoying it because of nostalgia, but Sarah liked it too. She was super bummed that we aren't going to get more of it. And if you, I've read what the director's plan is for parts two or three, I think it would have been good. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, there are some dumb things in it. Atlanta Rescue and Magic's power works exactly like it does in the comic book. So I don't understand why she couldn't just leave at any time. <laughs> You know, her her power is she teleports by stepping into another dimension and then stepping out of it into a different place. So I don't know why she couldn't just leave. That didn't make didn't make a lot of sense. You know, there's also a scene where these kids all uh, dance to the replacements. Bastards are young and none of these kids have heard that song. That's just like, (laughs) you know, I mean, I, I enjoyed hearing the song over a big audio system, but it just. It, it wasn't for real. And they kept showing scenes from Buffy just hit you over the head. Of, this is just like Buffy. You like Buffy. This is just like Buffy. It even went so far as like the scene would like correspond to like the next thing that was about to happen on mm. the thing. 
but yeah, overall, I liked it. Uh, I'm I'm super bummed they're not going to do more. Uh, it, it's a fun movie. Fair enough. We'll talk about it eventually. I'm sure. We I'm yeah. sure that we will. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of uh, kind of what's been happening in the last couple of weeks. Again, movie news is still a little bit slower than it's it's been. It's picked up more than I thought. I realized today that there's like a shit ton of trailers that I haven't watched. Uh, but yeah, we will uh, we will continue to keep you apprised as uh, as things come out, things that we think are are worth talking about. But yeah, that's it for this week. What have we been watching this past week, guys? I didn't watch anything. Uh, I'm going to pull a page from Jay Hughes book and talk about an album I discovered this Great. week. <laughs> That's awesome. I have, I've said, probably not on the podcast, but, but to you guys, uh, over the pandemic, I've gotten really into uh, modern Japanese jazz. Right. Um, there are some really, really talented musicians coming out of Japan that make very... Um, interesting and unique jazz music that is kind of uh, genre crossing one that i have discovered if discovered is a pianist by the name of hiromi she has a uh, uh album um that is like called a live it's a set of, it's a trio it's a jazz trio her a drummer and a bass player and it is incredible every single song on it is nuts um i played it for my wife and listening to it she goes why is this song nine minutes long and why do they change time signatures five times and i'm like because they're great Uh, as a person who is really into jazz and also like really into like progressive music i really really gravitate to this album because it isn't just like your standard i know when people think jazz they always think of like swing music but it's not like you know it's not like that it's not like elevator music it's really you go from these like dark minor sections in like five eight to like a really upbeat swing into like blues and it's just like she hits you over the face with different music styles uh different keys different time signatures i i really dig it i think it's awesome and people should check it out hiromi hiromi all right right on uh this weekend uh i watched a bunch of harry potter movies yeah (laughs) (laughs) they were they were were all they were all on usa all weekend and for whatever reason me and Sarah watched practically every one of them. I'm not sure why, since we just did two podcast episodes on them, so I don't really have a lot to say about them, except they must be better than Transformers, because I just watched them all again, and it was pretty fun. Uh, one, one extra observation I have after watching these is, man, McGonagall just should have been the headmistress. She should have been the whole time. She's just way smarter and way more reliable than Dumbledore. I think that, I think that, you know, we ragged a lot on Dumbledore not telling Harry anything, but I think one of the even worse decisions he makes is he seems to tell Hagrid everything. (laughs) (laughs) And then Hagrid just lets just enough of it loose to get children into situations where they might die. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's it. That's all I have new from, uh, from having done Harry Potter podcast just a week ago. I like it. Well, I watched a couple things this week. I got back on my Ghibli train. I watched the only sequel in the Ghibli catalog, which is The Cat Returns, which is a sequel to Whisper of the Heart, which I watched a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't know why it's called a sequel, because they don't. They, the only thing that's related about them is a character that's fictional in one of the movies and not fictional in the other. Uh, <laughs> The, the, the first movie is about like a young romance and a girl who like writes a fantastical story. 
Uh, and in the second one, the character from the fantastical story is real and goes on a fantastical adventure with a different girl. Uh, that said, this one was more fun to me because it was just really fucking silly. It was like the princess bride, but everyone was a cat. Uh, and in, in, the, Jap- in the, uh, the English dub, the, uh, the cat, uh, the main character is played by Carrie Ellis from the princess. Oh, really? by, by, I'm sure, very intentional choice. Uh, but yeah, better than Transformers. A lot of fun. Uh, I watched, I started and finished. So look, I have been avoiding all of the Zootopia knockoff things that have happened for the last, I don't know, however many years. Like, I, right. feel, I feel like for, from like, I don't know, 2013 to 2017, whenever Zootopia came out, furries were the butt of internet culture. You know, like the, the butt <laughs> of all the jokes. Uh, like it was, it was the, the definition of, of punching down of internet jokes. And I'm no, no longer sure that that's the case. I kind of feel like the furries have taken over. Uh, I feel like Zootopia was was their coming out party and everything since Zootopia is just what of Zootopia but even sexier Uh, which I want to be clear that I feel like Zootopia is a very sexually charged movie for a children's movie about animals Uh, and so it's the reason I have not watched Beastars because the thing is if if I have that thing inside me that's really into this I'm sure there's like a threshold or a margin uh, where like you can make them sexy enough or human enough, or whatever it is that I am into it, I don't want to find that line. I don't want to know where it is. So I've been intentionally avoiding these things because I don't want to awaken anything in myself. Uh, All that said, I watched BNA, which is like DNA, but with a B. The the name is Brand New Animal. But it's all about, uh, it's essentially Zootopia, but in a world where there are animal people and people people, and the people people hate animal people. And the animal people kind of hate people, people, but mostly for hating the animal people. But it's made by the same studio that makes Kill a Kill uh, and a couple other good anime series. And it's only 12 episodes and it's fucking great. It's really good. Uh, It's got like a really uh, noir feel to it, which I know Ian would rag on me for even saying. Uh, (laughs) But like that weird futuristic noir that we're into now, like it reminded me a lot of uh, uh, Detective Pikachu. Mm. In like in like the style and vibe that it was going for but like it's just it's the animation's great the the characters are great the the whole like you know unraveling the layers of conspiracy is a lot of fun and as usual for for things that i enjoy the uh, the opening and closing credit songs are bangers so <laughs> uh i highly recommend it i really really enjoyed it and i knocked the whole thing out in like two days right on so. You should oh. watch B Stars. It's okay. I'm just scared, man. It seems it is like it does have like nude Judy Hops in it, though. So that is, you know, that's <laughs> I you gotta accept like, that. I don't feel like I need that. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention uh, before we head out of here is, uh, I, you know, I'm a big proponent. There's a, a social media platform called Letterboxd uh, that's essentially just uh, it's like Goodreads but for movies. But it, I use it for myself because I forget everything that I watch immediately after I watch it. So when people say, hey, what was a good thing that came out this year? I'd be like, Ugh. uh. So I use it just to keep track of my own shit. But I also have, uh, you know, a couple friends, including our buddies over at the Broke, Broke Box Office podcast. Uh, the Evans brothers are also on there. And I wanted to share Luke Evans' review of Joker because it was my <laughs> fucking favorite thing. <laughs> All, right. All right, here we go. Joker. There are a few things that turn me off to a movie more than when I can feel its effort. It's clear Phillips is trying so hard here. 
He so desperately wants to make a cool film, a nihilistic film, a punk rock film, but there's nothing less punk rock than trying too hard. The acting <laughs> and cinematography are fantastic. It's well-made film, just not an earnestly made film. Uh, I fucking love that. I really enjoy it. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Yeah. So uh, shout out to you, Luke. But uh, I, I felt the need to share that with, with you guys and with our audience because I thought it was right on the head. You're bringing up Letterboxd for Miami. Do you guys remember what movies I've watched this year? Right? No. I don't <laughs> Cause, remember. Because we went to when we went to the Ridge, our 2019 tub was no longer good, which means we hadn't watched a movie this year. <laughs> and that just doesn't seem right. Yep. I feel like we watched something. Well, do we know what we want to do next week? I will have watched Tenet by next week. I don't know if you guys will have the time to. Yeah, I don't know. All right, you know. We'll do something. Some, something's yeah. coming next week. Part of the fun of this podcast is the surprise. <laughs> uh, hashtag real phonies. Hashtag real phonies. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, thanks, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Get a letterbox. It's really handy if you like watching movies. If you want to get in touch with us and tell us things that you're excited about that we might not have mentioned, uh, you can reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. <laughs>